Have one of you want. Pashas A. Shabbos and Varchim Chedesh El. That's very hard. Chav Hei Menachemov. Sometimes we manage to get the significance of the day of the month, sometimes not. I had fortune, fortune, good fortune, unfortune, I just used the word fortune, you figure out if it was good fortune or not, to have Shabbos Shabbos in Florida. Spare Shabbos. So I spent uh, Friday, Shabbos, Sunday, I guess North Miami Beach had more than enough of a share of my speeches and drushes and etc. So Baruch Hashem I left on Monday. But I had a difficult problem. I listened to many other speakers as well. And there were some very intriguing stories, intriguing messages. Rabbi uh, Grossman was there. Um, what's his name? What's his first name, Grossman? I don't remember. Anyway, Rabbi Grossman was there and he gave us a... He was very. He had some very inspiring stories and some very interesting things of the Rebbes that he heard from either the Rebbes and cases or, 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 or from other Rebbes from Abbasera from here from there. It was a very very interesting fellow. What was more interesting was uh, in the airport. Actually, on the way to the airport, on the way to the airport, we went to the Isle because it was my mother's yard site. So I went to, so from the Eil, we had a very, very prominent rabbi in the Eil. I had only eight people, so, so my son went over to the Eil to get two more people, to march on the minion. So they brought the other two people. One of them was a very prominent drove in Lubavitch. And he had no problem coming over, but he had a flight to catch in the same airport that we were going to. So I said, wonderful. So my son said, wonderful, we'll take you. And we took him to the airport. And we mentioned that this Rabbi Grossman would be there, and his response was he has some, a lot of stories. That's his interpretation of Rabbi Grossman. He, ha- he tells a lot of stories. That was the story he said. Yes. Hi, Hashi. Um, Sunday afternoon we were sitting by Shev Brachis and across from us was a sitting next to my wife was a woman no names needed and she told a story not to the public we were talking and I told her <laughs> I almost committed myself to her that I was going to repeat that story this this Wednesday evening because it is very intriguing <coughs> and it has a lot to do with the A. Because the pasuk interestingly says the anechi. You have to always see the anechi. She was a preschool teacher. She's still a preschool teacher, obviously. 
And the preschool was quite a prominent preschool. And to keep image, to keep their image, they had a guy hired for a principal. Nice Jewish, prominent Jewish preschool. I believe so. But the principal is a guy. Some of the secular studies that the inputs they had to put in. But the guy, out of respect for the organization, worry I'm a in school. A guy up with a Yiddish yarmulke. And he had his own yarmulke that he came to school with every day, put his yarmulke on when he came in, and took it off when he left, obviously, just like a lot of Jews do in shul. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Problems they do it on Shabbos, too. Anyway, the guy walked out one day for lunch and forgot the yarmulke on his head. Now, he was not obligated to go to the kosher restaurant and pay triple the price. As a matter of fact, he's a guy. So he kosher, if he ate kosher, was whatever he thought. He went to his regular Goyesha restaurant. <laughs> Came in, and he sat down to order. <laughs> and he gets his tray for lunch, and he's sitting there eating innocently. And from another table, another patron in the, ta- in the restaurant sitting and eating, got frustrated and infuriated, and jumped up and started screaming at him, you have chutzpah! The comes with the yamaka comes to the he's screaming at him Yiddish. <laughs> he didn't know what he was saying, even he doesn't speak Yiddish. He knew the word chutzpah. And he realized the guy must be screaming that he's eating in a non Jewish restaurant. Then he said something about the yamaka. So he immediately reached his head and saw the yamaka. He took it off and put it in his pocket. So that, <laughs> that must have infuriated the guy even more. <laughs> now you take off the yamaka. Now you take it. He, t- he came back and he was befuddled. He says, wait a minute. He says, the guy was sitting in the same restaurant as I was. He was eating there too. But he was Jewish. <laughs> what? <coughs> What's wrong with his picture, he wanted to know. So I said, I had to repeat the story, and it was very apropos for the union of the A. Because the person that sees... Person has to be able to know that they're being seen also. The Dihaluvda, they have told us before that I was flying once from London to Etzisrael. On the flight from London to Etzisrael, I got on the plane very innocently with my hat and my kapata, and I got to my seat and I put my hat and kapata. I don't know if we have any cups, right? I put my hat in the kapata away in the compartment and I was sitting in my yarmulke, my shirt sleeves and my yarmulke has no symbols on it, no words on it, no anything to hint who I am or where I'm from and uh, I'm recording and this fellow walks by a satmer, a fellow and he looks at me and he says to me so I said, yeah. He says, I got to talk to you. I said, okay. We'll take off. We can take off the seatbelts. We'll talk. Let me some cups. I have to go. I have to return somebody's butt. 
This happened a few times. A few different people walked by, a vision said this or that, and they all asked, is that Talabavitcher? And each one was answered the same, obviously. And each one had to talk to me. The kids, uh, without fail, as soon as the captain's seatbelt sign goes off, you hear a click, one big click in unison, and all the Jews jump up out of their seats. Where they're going, it doesn't matter. It says seatbelt sign is off, you're going. You're not sitting in the seat, you're not going to keep me restricted. And, Avi, they're from the cabinet plastic guys. And then, it was Mincha time, so everybody went to the back of Mincha. came to the back and was sitting and was standing David Mincha and after Mincha without fail Fabrenga breaks out but the Fabrenga interestingly enough <laughs> was not the, the Babacha talking to the, anyone else everyone had their story with the Babacha Rebbe that they had to tell and this is I'm a Jew and I'm proud. I must say that the Anechi. Uh-huh. You can see my, the Anechi on me, the Rebbe's, the, Rebbe's, the Rebbe's picture on me, I guess. I get, when, I'm, when I go on the street, Baruch Hashem, I can say, Ad-get, you know, I don't mind if someone says, Ad-get because I'm not putting up a... Uh, uh-huh. But it's very interesting to note that everyone noticed right away, here's other Babich is sitting, without a hat, without nothing. And Ganesh, each one had a personal story with Rebbe's napkins in the same cabinet. Or, and interestingly, nobody, none of them were American. This guy was from Antwerpen, this guy was from here, this guy was from there. And everybody had a personal story. Either they got a dollar from the Rebbe, or they got a this from the Rebbe. And they all had a story. It was, it was just mind-boggling to see where the Rebbe's, where the Rebbe's reach, reaches out and how far the, the network, shall we say, goes where the Rebbe sees and hears and knows and looks after each and every person, wherever they may be. So the person is told to A to look. We look at the Anechi, Anechi Mishanechi. The Anechi Mishanechi, which is the Abishtim. Only the Abishtim could say Anechi Hashem Alikacha. This is wrong. Just to be Meicha, that the Mizaina should be before this Hakon. Just wasn't here. Well, he was in the room yet. Yeah. later, somebody hears the uh, recording and they say, "What happened here? Uh-huh. Wrong order of brachas." You're very weary of what, what you do around here. Sometimes we don't see. A famous story about Shema Kaddish. Where a chassid fell into a tremendous debt by the pirates. And it got so severe that um, eviction was imminent. Or prison. Or both. And it was much sakonis. 
And he came to the Baal Shem Tov. And the Baal asked him to wait. And the Baal Shem Tov went, I don't know if in front of him, or went out. And brought back an envelope with a letter. And asked him to deliver it to the parrots. But he told him, don't look at the letter. I'm warning you, don't, look, don't read the letter. Kid said the Chassid, the Rebbe haste. Chassid got into his wagon, started riding, riding confidently to the pilots. The last five minutes of the trip, Chassid started getting very itchy. Started getting edgy. What did the letter say? Remember that in practice, the Rebbe only spoke Yiddish. So the Vashad only spoke Yiddish, and he can't write Polish. What could the letter possibly say? Am I playing with a full deck? Taking the letters, the Rebbe's letter to a rabid anti-Semite. A pilot so everyone knows would kill on a dime. I'm coming here with a letter from the Rebbe. I mean, the Rebbe wrote in Yiddish a letter to Maybe I should read it. Maybe I have to correct some diktuk of whatever we wrote Polish. Maybe I have to correct the Latin, the grammar. Can't read it. There was nothing. Got to the house. Knocks on the door of the pilot's house. And he's standing there holding the letter. And he's, his hands are itching. A peak. A blick. Till the guy came to open the door. He managed to open up the envelope and to peek inside. To his dismay and to his fear, there were no mistakes in grammar whatsoever. The letter was blank. So that gave me the wrong envelope. I'm a dead man. Before he could do anything, the door was open. And the potter himself opened the door. And he screams at him, Jew, you brought me my money. And he grabs the envelope. Slams the door. The potter must have opened the envelope. The Yid is standing there shaking. The potter's going to come out and kill me now. I can't leave. He knows where I live. I can't run. There's nowhere to hide. I'm finished. He's got the blank letter. I made a mistake and I brought, instead of, the Rebbe gave me the wrong letter. All of a sudden the pilot opens the door. With a broad smile. And he tells him, Alright, I'm wiping your debt. You don't owe me anything. And from now on, you pay me only half the price you paid. But you better pay on time. The simcha was just incredible. Immediately, what does the chassid do with such a mafis? He ran back to the Bashem HaKodesh. And he came running into the Bashem and he says, Thank you very much. The pilots was mechel me my chayv. And from now on, I only pay half price. So the Rebbe smiled and said, Ah, 
You couldn't hold yourself in. You read the letter. He says, if you wouldn't have read the letter, said the Bashantiv, he would have given you the whole in. Because you read the letter. Now, in principle, ask Siddim. Story makes perfect sense. <laughs> Why does it make perfect sense? How does it make perfect sense? Chassidus explains there are different dargis, different levels of serving the Ebishta. Three different Avedas. You have Stam Aveda, Kabbalah Sel. Kabbalah Sel, you take the average Chassid, and he has Kabbalah Sel. <laughs> That's not here, we can't translate Kabbalah Sel. Can't translate Kabbalah Sel in English? Acceptance of the yoke. We take it carte blanche. This is how I'm told to behave. This is how I behave. This is how I'm told to act. This is how I'm going to act. Why? Because it's happening. As guy came into a yeshiva once and sees Chassidus yeshiva. Sees the bachrim all eating with their hands. He says, you don't have money for, for, for silverware, for, for knives, forks. So the Bacha answered, They gave over from father to father that we eat with our hands. But the uh, in the Chassidim, they eat gefilte fish with their hands. Kegel says this is not, Shalom not, but Kegel could be also, but fish, no, fish on principe, the Chassidim that eat fish, gefilte fish on principe, with the hand. The only thing I could I could attribute that to not to appreciate a tribute, yeah. The only thing I could attribute that to is they didn't have two forks. <laughs> they only had one fork. So the flesh is hotter than the filter fish. So if you're eating the fish, ask the fish with the hand. So that you don't have to make your fork dirty, you don't have to have a problem with later how to use it. That's that's the uh Alright, that's not going to be a good example of what I was about to use. So, thank God I caught it midair. Um, <coughs> see me off the air, I'll tell you. <laughs> this Kabbalah says, a second Aveda, is Aveda Samechen. I understand the reward that's about to come about from this. But I still have my doubts. The Chosid understood Kabbalah says, the Rebbe Gehet and Gehet. He also understood that the Rebbe is going to do, it's going to work. Is it really going to work? Did I get the right envelope? Did the Rebbe maybe make a mistake? Did the Rebbe, 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 Can we second guess a Rebbe? We don't second guess a Rebbe. This is an extremely, extremely high madrega not to second guess a Rebbe. Because Venus Z, the Chastel sits in front of a Rebbe, and the Rebbe gives him cause to sometimes see and think that maybe, 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 maybe far the Rebbe is a basa Are we allowed to accept that cause now? This expansion talks about Eli Regal, Mitzvah Eli Regal. Mitzvah Eli Regal, we find 
in the Nviyam, Ksuvim, many different cases mentioned. The most famous of Aliyah that I go is Elkanah. Elkanah went with his two wives, Chana and Penuel. And they used to be able to go. Elkanah used to go every year a different route, and he used to take the longest route possible because he used to recruit people to come with him to be able to go. No. He ultimately was rewarded with Shmuel and Avi. was. So we hear about Aliyah the Regal. The Gemara tells us in the beginning of Masechus Pesachim a story of Aliyah the Regal. But there was a different Aliyah the Regal. It wasn't a Jew, it was a guy. The Gemara tells us a story of a guy that went up to Aliyah the Regal on Pesach. And he used to get, they didn't know who he was. He, he, imposter, he was an imposter as a Jew. And um, he would ask, and was always given the biggest covet, apparently, because they thought it was a big fear. And whatever part he asked for the carbon pesos, they gave him. So, Dr. Yamada, he comes to Nitzivan and he came to the Behudab and Beseda. He came to the Behudab and Beseda, and he told the Behudab and Beseda, eh, you Jews don't know what you're doing. I go to Yerushalayim. I'm a regal on Pesach, and I get the best part. Pesach says that that zor leyechel be. Not only zor leyechel be, but it's chayiv misa. In those days, Yidden had the power for such things. If a guy did something that chayiv misa, he was given death. He was put to death. They had the jurisdiction for that. No. So the Behudah B'mesheda says to him, they give you the best part? He says, yeah. I don't believe you. He says, I'm telling you. He says, which part do you get? He says, I don't know what it's called, but it's the best part. So the Behudah B'mesheda says, do you get the Aldia? So he says, uh, I don't know. So Behudah B'mesheda tells him, next time you go, ask for the Aldia. No, he comes to the Shalayim. And he asked for the Aliyah. So they said to him, What? The Aliyah? It's Meshuggah? No, the Aliyah goes on like Mizbeach. You know how to eat the Aliyah. And the guy says, It started smelling something here. Uh, Why did you ask for the Aliyah? So he says, I was by Yehud ben And I told him I get the best part from the Karim Beza. And he told me, I don't get the Aliyah. If I don't get the Aliyah, I'm not getting the best part. I want the Aliyah. So they started to investigate, they found that I was a guy, and they killed him. This starts on Ahmed Bey's on the bottom, this goes up to Ahmed Aleph on the top. The Gemara says, they sent a message to the Yudhub and The message was, You're in Nitzivin, and your net reaches until Yerushalayim. Tezvis asks a question. Why didn't Yehudah Ben Seder go himself and tell them, hey, you have a guy here. Why was he not in the regal? There are many different answers in Farshim give us. One is that Yehudah Ben Seder was old and was blind, and therefore a blind person is not of the regal. Another shot is that Nitzivin was on the border of Eretzisrael and it was in Suffolk, Eretzisrael, and not, we didn't live in Eretzisrael, he was in the regal. 
Another pshat is that he didn't have his own land. Because he didn't have his own land, his own Yerushan. That's so. He was not Chiyavay Leregel. Why didn't he have his own plot of land? What exactly happened to him? The Mara says, Yehuda ben Beseda was famous for another thing. There's a story in the Navi where the Navi tells us a very, very famous Haftedah of Achim Shapesach. And the Navi tells us in the Haftedah of Achim Shapesach the story of the Atzamas Yevashim in the valley. Without glasses, it's never going to happen. Oh. The first purpose. And Yeshaya tells the story of the Yem Benev, Am Yenefef Yodeh, and it tells on, it goes on and tells about how they came to the valley, and all the dry bones stood up, and they grew skin, and the wind came, and kept growing, growing, and they became, became people. Shtelzakakasha. Was this a nevoah? Was it a marshal? Was it an actuality? Because the truth being told, we hear Avraham Avinu goes up onto a mountain and a Malak grabs his hand. We've heard of a story called Kriyas Yamsov. We've heard all these different things in the Teda that happened that were and this, the, the common language would be called supernatural. This is Muzal. This is a little bit exaggerated. Bones dried up in the valleys. And what were these bones after all? Where were they from? And why did he have to be Machai Mason? So according to the Svara, according to the Madish, it says over here. Was your chest for this time? Or you shy? We'll check it once again. Achim shall pay such. Amen. It says it's brought down in Yeshayo. Yeshaya. You'd love it. Yeah. And so, what was this Tchisme? Who are they? See, Mara tells us these are the people from Shevet Ephraim that left to sell early because I'm in Shevet early because the miscalculation, and they were killed. So now there's Aloha that to sell was partitioned, was given out, was distributed to either Yetzir Mitzrayim either people that left Mitzrayim when the Eden left Mitzrayim or at least, the very least people that entered at Yisrael when the Eden entered at Yisrael because in the course of 40 years someone could have been born in the Midbar so he wasn't Yetzir Mitzrayim but they entered at Yisrael and everybody entered at Yisrael with Yeshua these people from that Tzav 
came in a different time. And Yehuda ben Beseda said that if in case you don't believe the substantiality of the story, I am an anical from these people. And he brought the tefillin from his Eide. So therefore, Yehuda ben Beseda did not have a piece of land in Etzisel of Yerusha, because he did not enter Etzisel together with Eden. He did not leave Mitzrayim with Eden. So the Shtimt, when the Tesla says that he didn't have a land in that cell, and therefore was not Chayef to be Eidon Egel. I have to interject sometimes some humor into the. Uh, when we talk about Bracha or Klala, Svart, I mean. Don't Targum tells us that the Klali tells us Targum is in Afech. What's the Lashon? Lashon. The Targum turns around the pasuk Klali. The word Klali. Rachel Klali. Birchan Levatim, which is basically a Lashon of, of, of reversing. Because the fact of the matter is, sorry, Targum Yedison says, Chilufa. Because in Mesa Mashiach, we'll see how even the Klala that we think is a Klala will turn around to become a Brach. You ever drive with your wife? Guy speeding on the highway. <laughs> Gets pulled over. The officer tells him, tells him I clocked you at 80 miles an hour, sir. He tells the officer, excuse me, officer, but my car was on cruise control at 60. That's not possible. You must have a faulty machine. So the wife is sitting in the next seat, and she's knitting, still ahead, and all of a sudden she doesn't even turn her head. She perks up and says, darling, you know we don't have a cruise control in the car. Ah, so now he's in trouble. So the cop's writing his ticket. As the cop's writing the ticket, the woman says, you know, thank God you have that radar detector in the car. Because if you didn't have the radar detector, he would have caught you at 95 that you were doing. She says, you have an illegal radar detector? That's another ticket. The guy starts to scream at his wife. Excuse me? Are you Meshigah? So the wife's getting a little frustrated slightly, but doesn't say a word. Then the officer says to him, and by the way, I noticed you didn't have your seatbelt on. So he says, officer, when you pulled me over, I needed to get my license. I unsnapped the seatbelt, unbuckled it, so I can give you the license. I had to get it out of my pocket. The wife says, come on, you know you never put on your seatbelt when you're driving. The guy is screaming and berating his wife like nobody's business. The divider of the cops writing the third ticket. When he finishes giving the man the third ticket, he says to the wife, Tell me, ma'am, does he always scream at you like that? She says, No, only when he drinks a lot. We sometimes don't know in what form the bracha and the kola come about.
But the Tagamir uncle tells us that we chilufen. That ultimately it's all going to turn around. Chilufen. A very interesting medrash. It's called the medrash plea, actually. On the pasuk ase to ase, the medrash plea that this is connected with the famous parting words between Avram and Lavan. Avram and Leit. What are the parting words of Avram and Leit? In Bismail. Vamina, Vim, Biamin, Vasmila. You go right, I'll go left, you go left, I'll go right. Amadish Plia. What are the connections, Asa to Asa, with this, this, this Pasuk? <laughs> Today, I tell you, you have to tie in the, the dates of the month as well. Today is Chavdaladel, the Yazid Rebrefal. Andruzie. Every fall, Andruzie was a lifeguard in Camp Aguda and never died by the pool. Had a heart attack. Young fellow. Every fall, Andruzie, through the year when he wasn't in Camp Aguda, was a Malamid Dardiki of Tregish of Israel. He taught pre 1A, or first grade, whatever it was. And he taught his children a very beautiful klal. There's the letter Shin and the letter Sin. You remember, children, you always have to be on the right side. If you cross over, it's a sin. As long as the pintle is on the right side, it's a sin. If you cross over, it becomes a sin. Im ayimino. It says, aser ta aser. Zoktun stemedish pliyaze. Im hasmeil. Ve'amino. Aser. If you're going to keep the Nekud on the left side, and you'll give Maiser from everything, then Ayimina says, Debeshter, I will make it Ta'asher. Not Aser Ta'asher, but Aser Ta'asher. You'll give Maiser, I'll make you rich. Vazet Zainaber Asher. Im Ayimina. If you'll say, Asher, I made myself wealthy. It's because of my intelligence, my business knowledge, my business savvy, <coughs> that I've become wealthy and I have money. To Asher. You'll only remember, you only remain with 10% of the Chamal To Asher, excuse me. You'll only remain 10%. So this is the Medish Pliya of Asher to Asher, Imayamino. It's actually a very interesting Balaturim on the Parsha. She tells us about the Hanavi Bekirbecha. Hanavi Bekirbecha is Gematria Zuha Isha. Truthfully, though, Bekirbecha, it's not Hanavi Bekirbecha, but rather Bekirbecha Novi. And it means the real gematria was Zuha Isha Ubanov. However, during the in Europe, when the censors asked the Tata 
They asked, no, the, the, the Greeks asked them to translate the Teda. Ah. So they knew that if this is going to come up, this part shot is going to come up, Ha'isha Ubna, which means Ubna, which refers to Esaish, uh-huh. then there'd be big problems. So therefore they translated only Hanavi Bekirbecha, Begimati Zu Ha'isha, instead of Ha'isha Ubna. Um, so it's actually you know one of these shot and actually it was also like one of those with the Bereshit one of the changes that were made by several people without anybody discussing with the other yeah so that's the second of it. The second of it is that a dying, he's still missing something. He knows that he does something, he knows he has to do it, but he's missing. And then we know that Ainu Dei Maria the Shmir. Ainu Dei Maria the Shmir tells this brings us to a level of Aveda Shlema. This is the epitome, the highest level. A person knows what the person has to do, and the person has to go completely to what the person is asked and told. And it doesn't matter, they don't tell me if I see it, it's all in one, one pot. We'll take a little jump out of the parsha to do a little bit of inyana di yema. Shabbos varchem el. Menhagim Shabbos varchem al standard. We say till him in the morning, and we bench shchedish. Shchedish el. There's two days of shchedish always. Aleph to the Shchedish El in Minik Chabad is the start of the Dabar Hashem Eri. Minik Chabad, the Dabar Hashem Eri is recited after Shir Shalyim in the morning and before Aleinu B'Mincha. Minik Chabad, according by Rishchedish, before Aleinu, Minik Rishchedish, as we say, Baruch Nafshi, before we say the Dabar Shemeri, the Shishayim, Baruch Nafshi, and then the Dabar Shemeri, because it is Tadr Shemeri Tadr, it's a Kriyas. Although, honestly, I think we say the Dabar Shemeri more. Yeah, but I think Baruch Nafshi is, Baruch Nafshi is the Shishayim, Baruch Nafshi. Oh, but I'm saying Minik Huh? That's therefore Minik Chabad. Although I don't think we say Baruch Nafshi more often than we say the Dabar Shemeri. So that's why I never really got that just to that either. For that reason, we don't say a calendar in between the Yom and Bokhinash. We don't say it right. Because it's incorporated one in the other. Yeah. Kiyah um, Shefer is blown on the second day of Shkedish. However, it says that one should practice on the first day of Shkedish. On the second day of Shkedish, we begin with Aleph Shkedish El. We begin to say three kapitlach every day. On the first day, on Aleph El, we say Aleph Beis Gimel. On Beis, we say Dalet Hevav. Every day, three kapitlach, which ultimately culminate on Yom Kippur, where there are different amounts of kapitlach that are broken up for the last portions of the Tehillim, so that after Vainila, we finish off the last kapitlach of Tehillim. 
Kufites is said in one of the days, yes. As one of the three Kabitlach. Um, the idea of the 40 days. What? All the Tulum? So in the course of the month of El, you say the whole Tulum? Yeah. And Sesame Chuvi, you say the whole Tulum? Yeah. And two days of Shona. Uh, two days Well, the Minik is to, on every spare moment during Rosh Hashanah, to keep saying Tulum. So there are times where one can go through Tilim several times over Rosh Hashanah. Um, Yim Kippur, meaning Chabad is after Kol Nidri to say the whole Tilim. B'tzibur. And it said B'tzibur with the Kadeshim. After each Sefer we say a Kadesh. So we have though from Rosh Hashanah until Yom Kippur we have the 40 days. This is ultimately... One of the sets of 40 days that Meshe Rabbeinu spent Lamaila with Ebishta. One of the sets of 40 days that Meshe says, For 40 days I ate no bread and drank no water. And it's an extremely, extremely spiritual time. It's eight Sarotzen for Tshuva. <laughs> We tell every year the story. It's scary, I guess. <coughs> I don't remember who it was that told me the story. He was in a Mesnaglish yeshiva once. And it was the night of Rishchei Deshel. And the yeshiva was a normal yeshiva with four or five floors. When you have four or five floors, you have stairwells. And he was walking down a stairwell, and all of a sudden he heard, he didn't know from what floor it was. Someone gave a scream out, Hello! Earth shaking, chuva shaking, uh, oh. scream, cry. And it's a very interesting attitude to take. The fact of the matter is, though, a person has that zdamlut all year long. Chedeshel is a which makes it that it's the chuva is accepted better. The Altarebbe gives the Moshal, Chedeshel is Melech Basada. The parable that the Altarebbe gives, the month of El. The king is in the field. The king is in the field. What's that? The king is in the field. That the Marshal that Rebbe says in the Chutatera that a king usually is very hard to approach. You can't just walk into the palace and say, I got to talk to the king now. You have to have an appointment. You have to have it. In the month of El, the king comes out to the field to see all his constituents. Anyone that's in the realm of the, in the kingdom of the king is welcome to meet the king and the king not only meets everybody and greets everybody, but the king greets everybody with a smile upon him. Now based on that, that fear factor of Elul is superfluous. The approach to Elul has to be a simcha. Where do we see it? We have an issue with that. Because we said that in the month prior to El, and we spoke Erev Eshchedesh of being the happiest day of the year. 
Because we say Mishinichin is other marim b'simcha, so we're marim b'simcha every single day until we tell you to stop. When do we tell you to stop? At every shkedish mov. Second day, the Rebbe says Mishinichnas of, and of comes in memaitin. How do we eliminate? How do we minimize the problems, the issues b'simcha? And so too is shkedish hell. The approach to the Chedesh El has to be in a way of Simcha that we are so happy and we are so full of joy because we know that the King is smiling. We know the King is available to hear us. We know that the King is there for us. It's brought down that from Chayel until the Shoshana are 12 days. And those last 12 days, every day is a day that we do Tshuva for one of the months of the prior year. So we know, though, that pas besali, when the man goes out with no bread in his basket, and he travels a distance, he is extremely hungry. When a similar man or the same man will go out on the same journey, but will have bread in his basket, he won't be hungry. Because he knows that I have the bread, whenever I want, I'll reach for it. This, too, is the difference of the approaches that we have to Chedeshaul. And therefore, this is what the Al-Tarebbe explains to us. Ibdu as Hashem b'simcha. That we have to go out b'simcha betuv levov. And we know confidently, with full-heartedly, we understand and know that the Abish is going to accept our tshuva. Because the Abish is in the field, Malach Basada, and he's standing there with Panam Seichikis. There are many different kufas in time where the Eden faced many different trials and tribulations. During the time of the Tzemach Tzedek, the, the enlightenment, enlightenment movement, tried to enlighten the world. Ultimately, the Fidik Rebbe had a very, very hard time with these type of people. And people came to Fidik Rebbe and said, we have to compromise. We have to see to it that we blend in a little bit. If we give a little, then perhaps we'll get back a lot more. And Fidik Rebbe said, there's no such thing. There's no compromising in Yiddishkeit. He says, the Rebbe, the fire is burning. We must extinguish this fire. When you have to extinguish a dangerous fire, you use whatever fluid you can get. It doesn't matter if the water is dirty. So I said, yeah, but you're not going to throw benzene on the fire. It's also liquid, but you're not going to throw benzene. And this, therefore, is what it says. To change the yadas, to change our Yiddishkeit. David's from the Tchidish El. She bring us a ksiva vachsima teva, as it says in halacha, that before, when anyone writes a letter from Chesedish El onward, they should sign off to their friends with wishing with a ksiva vachsima teva, ashana teva mesuka, and it should be a happy year, a gesunti year, with nachas b'techachava, and that we should be able to re'e, we should be able to see again the anechi misha anechi, and as habracha, on each and every one of us, the Kubish Namus, the Tuvlevov.